Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. Brand sponsorship deals a lot of times come with selling out some portion of their authenticity. Like, can you be authentic if you're if you're saying what a right. brand tells you to say to totally. your fans? Um, and Magic Links is a third tier. It's social commerce. You can be totally authentic and you can earn extra money and you get a lot of data that tells you what your fans love, um, what they're buying, and that helps you shape your content. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. When I was a little girl playing in my father's office, I dreamed of learning how to code. But my dad wasn't a coder. He was a businessman. And I never got to learn how. And it's been something that I've been curious about my whole life. And now, like, this whole world is startup and tech crazy. And I just want to know how to code, too. Hack Reactor makes coding professionally go from being a dream and something that you just desire to have to really being a legitimate programmer. You could get a job straight away after. Even if you've been curious and you want to improve your skills and you're working in the marketing department and you happen to have to learn how to do HTML and you want to take your steps that much further, you got to check out Hack Reactor. Hack Reactor is the trusted environment, academic level education to go to to become the best programmer that you could possibly be. Not only will you get the education, but you'll get the support from them to make sure that you're not alone in the journey. HackReactor.com. Let's get into it, you guys. Three, two, one. This is the We Are LA Tech podcast, and this is Esprit Devora. You can find me on Twitter at Esprit Devora, and you can find me in my brain if you want to go to a place called Alice in Wonderland of Insanity. <laughs> Hi, Brian. Hey, Esprit. How are you? <laughs> so I, I have Brian, who is a We Are LA Tech club member, who is an ex- extraordinarily seasoned entrepreneur, and who is just a great guy. And uh, I'm excited we had him on another episode where we were meeting with Refuel and Brian gave some investment tips because he's had the good fortune and skill of raising money in his career. And now he's building a new company that he is really, really excited about that impacts the financial abundance of every YouTuber's life, I would say. Yeah, yeah. completely. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So go for it. Yeah. Welcome, Brian. Go ahead <laughs> and introduce yourself. I'm so excited to like finally meet you. You're this like mythical international creature for me for so long. I'm like Austin Powers. Yeah, completely. International woman of mystery. So to to meet you in person is awesome. Uh, I didn't even get you. Let's do a hug. We didn't even do a a real hug. Yeah. I was like, like, Brian, oh my God, you're here. Perfect. There's someone I'm interviewing right now. Can you tell them how to raise, you know, a few million dollars, please rush in, you know, like we just went straight to straight to work. It's good. And now we're in this, like where I'm testing out a new, we are LA tech sound studio. So we're surrounded by these, like, like hippie, artsy, awesome, like tapestries. We feel like yeah. we went back to the seventies. The ceiling has tapestries. Oh my god! The There's ceiling, all kinds of different. It's like, like this place is amazing. Lights, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. So tell me about Magic Link. So first yeah. of all, who are you, Brian? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Brian Nickerson. I'm co-founder and CEO of Magic Links. We help YouTube influencers with tools for authentic social commerce. 
So we just we basically make it really easy for them to le- share products they love and then earn income anytime their fans shop. I mean, amazing. Um, I have a few favorite YouTubers. Yeah, tell me. PewDiePie, obviously, and Casey Neistat. Yeah, Casey. Although Casey's kind of he's kind of he's he's his vlog he's stepped away from. He just started again. Did he? Is he going this again? week? No way. Okay. He just I'm restarted late. the vlog. I love how fast this thing moves. Right? It's like <laughs> he just restarted Amazing. the vlog. No, Matt and I, Matt, our We Are Light Tech podcast editor extraordinaire. He and I are in love with Casey Neistat. Yeah. I actually met Casey Neistat in Austin, Texas, at South by Southwest recently, yeah. and um, totally was a dork. And fangirled out. Fangirl, yeah. He'll probably never was do business awkward? with me. It was probably super awkward for him. I was like, our we are like, like intern Danielle. She was she was like my wing woman. She's like, I got this. And I was like, I, I can't. It's it's Casey. Like, you know, it's funny like how much an impact like a YouTuber. Yeah, they're like the new celebrity. Completely. So yeah. I think So and I've got some theories around that, right? Or at least like we spend a lot of time thinking of it. So yeah. Um, traditional celebrity, right? You take a Beyonce or, you know, Tom Cruise, people who maybe in an older generation might think of as like celebrities. Right, right. Um, they're, they stand a little bit on a pedestal. Totally. Um, they're, you see them through the big screen, which is sort of distant. You see them through television, which is also distant. And I think what is little or not as well understood about YouTube stars as it could be, um, is that, they are so intimate, right? They they are sharing their lives, right? Casey Neistat is like, he's himself, but he's honest. He's brutally right. authentic. He's like willing to share things that a lot of a superstar, Beyonce, might not share. Yeah. Um, and so that relationship that fans have to a YouTube star is yeah. like, I know this person. Yeah. Like I've seen him. Yeah. I've seen him. I've seen him like yeah. struggle. I've seen him totally. overcome struggle. So I feel like that person is my friend. Yeah. Um, and that relationship is really powerful. And I think that's uh, not well understood yet. So even Casey Neistat said that it's a little bit bizarre for him because everybody is watching him. And so when they come up to him, they feel like they know him because yeah. they're watching all his videos. But he doesn't know them. <laughs> right. So it's like yeah. this off-balance relationship. Completely. Yeah, yeah completely. Yeah. And and if you see, um, you know, I've spent time at like VidCon or some of the events. And VidCon is like this huge like YouTuber video conference yeah. in Anaheim that happens every year. Yeah. yeah. And, and when you see – so – the YouTube stars that are there, their fans come up and every fan wants to hug them. Yeah. And they like, they, they, if, even if they're signing autographs, they're basically doing like hug graphs the whole time. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty amazing. And it's amazing that a lot of the YouTube stars are totally comfortable with that. Yeah. But they feel right. It's also the fans know everything about them. The YouTube star may or may not know much about their fans. YouTubers in general are kind of, because I mean, like think about hugging like a thousand or more people. Yeah. I think they're kind of like a grateful bunch. Like yeah. they like a celebrity is like oh like you know they yeah. have their like what is it their things <laughs> their, their contracts. Yeah, that, there will be no lying. hugs, no hugs for <laughs> yeah. me. Right, <laughs> a maximum of two hugs yeah. and only for the women in green shirts. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And like totally and like <laughs> completely and like YouTubers are just so grateful that they even have an audience. Yeah. They'll hug like the, their five million fans even if. Yeah. It takes them like one year. It's crazy. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so what inspired you to create Magic Links? Where um, are you in the stage of Magic Links, by the way? Yeah, so we're we're two years old. Um have, have gen- we've got, you know, some big partnerships. We just signed a partnership with Studio 71 a couple months ago. Um, it will help power um, social commerce for Studio 71's 
uh, group of you know world class leading talent, um, digital media talent. Um, so we're really at a place you know where we're just we're kind of looking how do we scale. Um, and right now you're based out of Santa Monica. We're based out of Santa cool. Monica. Yeah, I mean, in terms of inspiration, I think you know a lot like Lewis before. Like I just I ever since I was little, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, and I finally, for me, my path was like, I had to find an idea that I had enough conviction around to actually go take the risk and like leave a big corporate job to go out of my own and do it. And right. That path is like sort of winding. So the first company I started was called chipmunk. Um, and that was a coupon search engine. So we had these designs of like, you know, kind of kayak for coupons and make it super easy for people to find coupons that actually work and save money as they transact. Um, and as we were doing that, we were, working with YouTubers. And that was just sort of a, we know YouTube stars, we know people are paying a lot of attention and people are probably making buying decisions there. Right. Um, so we started working with YouTubers and saying, can we bring coupons into this experience? And we kept hearing back from the YouTube stars, you know, we, I have all this audience, like yeah. help me earn like the star that I am. And my fans keep asking, right? I have this problem because I'm wearing a shirt, I'm wearing a hat, I'm using lipstick, I'm doing, you know, riding a skateboard, and my fans are asking what that is. Right. So I want to give them something. I want to tell totally. them and like help them like connect with me even more. Totally. Um, so it wasn't, yeah. I mean, for us, it was like, you know, and that part of you know, kind of our conversation with Lewis was like, you don't learn that stuff unless you're in market, hustling, talking to people, totally. talking to customer, learning about their problems, and then trying to figure out how can you solve you know totally. issues that they have. And you guys, if you haven't heard Lewis's episode, Lewis um, is the founder of a company called Refuel, and um, we were just kind of like hotspotting him, asking him, <laughs> you know, how he would pitch to investors. And one thing that we both discovered on the show is like Lewis is totally refueling everybody's car. So it's refueling your car when you run out of gas or need gas on demand, not even run out, like when you need gas on demand. And he is the person that shows up to all everybody that clicks it and he goes to like 50 or 60 people a day to refuel (laughs) their cars because he wants to learn every single last angle of his customers' needs and pain points in order to build a smart business. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. You've had experience, we talked about this on the other episode, on um, you've raised money, mm-hmm. not for this company, but companies previous, right? Or yeah, or for, or this for Magic Links. Yeah. Oh, for Magic yeah. Links, you raised mm-hmm. money. Um, are you comfortable sharing how much you've raised? Yeah, we've raised about $1.5 million from angel investors so far. And how long did it take you? So we've done, we did a seed round and then like a bridge round. Um, and each one, each time you raise capital, I think is its own journey. Yeah. Um, so the first seed round, the first time I ever raised money was probably about five months yeah. from the time I first went to market yeah. looking to raise capital until we were able to close the round. Yeah. Um, and you learn a lot from that, right? Like, yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, it's the same thing, right? You have to be in market with investors too and figure out what, you know, how, how to position your company as an exciting opportunity relative to all the other things that they're looking at um, and how to build momentum around the investor side. Same as a customer side, right? You want to build on the business side, you want to build momentum. Customers love what you're doing and they're telling other people and build momentum. And same on the investor side, you want to, you know, find investors who are ready to step forward and write a check um, and kind of support them and make sure that, uh, you know, you, you, you build a community really of investors around, of people really who are believing you and your idea um, and your ability to execute against it. I mean, I think even five months is really short. When I raised money, it was over a year. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was like dying. I was like, please let the money come into the bank already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of, and I think when you start the entrepreneurial journey, like you're, you're never, you're always fundraising to a certain yeah. extent. You know, there's times where I think you're on, and maybe times where you're less on, but. Um, you know, the number one, you know, job of, of a founder is to make sure you have the capital to make the company run. So that's, that's like, you know, without that, the company doesn't exist. So (laughs) how many people are on your team? Um, so we are three people full time right now. Um, we'll probably go to five or six full time in the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, super, super fun. Um, and then we have like six or seven people who are part time. We've worked with, uh, interns. We worked with, um, uh, you know, I know you talk a lot about, you know, kind of community and we were fortunate to work with USC Marshall school recently, um, and have like five of the MBA students, um, you know, dig into our business and give us insights into, I love that. Yeah. And it was great. You know, so the, the Marshall students, they get, you know, they get to work directly with a team of three people and like see, you know, for most people, I went to business school too. Like I worked yeah. for companies with 12,000 people, yeah. like three people is totally different. Yeah. Um, and I think for a lot of, a lot of MBA students, a lot of students out there right now are wondering being an entrepreneur is a fun and exciting and fascinating field, but it's also full of challenges. Right. And so like, do you actually want to do that? what better way to learn than to go work with a company of three people totally. and see what we're experiencing. Um, I did that with General <laughs> Assembly and it was the best thing ever. Yeah, like, yeah. uh, I was there, pro- we are LA tech was their project and it was really interesting wow. to, there's so many things that come up. Like, why do you do this? This is where we see the values. And I'm like, no, the values over here. They're like, well, we don't see that. Like, you well, know, yeah, like yeah. it just opens your eyes to have an outsiders have a perspective on what you do and the value that you deliver. Yeah. Yeah. And that feedback is amazing. Amazing. Right? It helps you think differently or, you know, maybe you believe more in what you're doing or yeah. maybe you're like open to some new thing and totally. an opportunity that you didn't see. So someone that is just getting started fundraising, what are the top three tips you would give them? Yeah. I should say just yeah. getting started fundraising in Los Angeles. <laughs> in Los Angeles. Yeah. In Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I think we're, we're um, Los Angeles as an entrepreneurial community is just an amazing place to be. So um, being in L.A., you have access to one – the industry really has matured and you know, you've been a big part of that and creating community around like, it's so cool, right? Like 10 years ago, if you were trying to start a company in LA, there was not a whole lot of capital sources, not a whole lot of sort of learning sources or, you know, accelerators or different ways to like get support. Um, and, and the cost of doing it would have been a lot higher. And I think just the evolution of our community has been really strong. So I want to shout out for your, your experience in (laughs) your help driving that, (laughs) (laughs) um, and such a strong, you know, community, but, um, you know, starting out your first time fundraising, I think one is time, right? So like fast, yes. And fast, no are really good from investors. Um, it's the it's the murky middle. Yeah, that's the challenging part. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and as an entrepreneur, you want to be building your business, and you need to get capital in the business. And raising capital can be like more than a full time job. So managing your time is really the most important thing, or one of the most important things, right? That you can do. Yeah. Um, and so I think finding ways to um, be comfortable with fast yes and fast no are great. Yeah. Like a fast no is awesome. You don't have to spend any more time with that person. Totally. That's so good. And maybe they're still a great person. Like it doesn't, yeah. it's not a reflection on you. It's just that investment at this time is not a good fit for them, but you don't have to spend your valuable time trying to convince someone who's not there. Totally. So then how do you deal with the murky middle? 
And I think that's find your fast yeses and try to find as influential people who give you the fast yes to rally around. What's that mean? Like, what's that look like? You know, take like like Rick Smith, right? Mm -hmm. You take like a a well-known either investor, whether it's a professional or well-known angel investor, um, someone who's active in the community, actively investing in companies. If they are ready to commit to your idea, those people I think are the most valuable because some of the risk for other potential investors has been reduced because a well-known person is has committed to your idea. Um, and I know that was a, a struggle I had early on. And, um, you know, one just really tactically, right? I think sometimes when you're first starting to raise money, a lot of times that first money in is the riskiest money in. Right. And I, and I had some conversations with people who wanted a really low valuation um, to be the first money in. Um, and I think, you know, if I could do this again, I would have, you know, I had a really early conversation with Paige Craig around this, right? Um, and Paige Craig is a is a kind of early seed stage investor. Um, and he was like excited about our first idea, but he wanted a really low valuation. And like, in hindsight, I probably should have taken that deal because there's other people who would have been, the fact that Paige Craig w- might have been involved, right, might have convinced other people to to be a part of the company. So, but in the end, you were able to raise your 1.5. So. Yeah. Yeah, so it all, yeah, it's, <laughs> it all it's a whole, yeah. It all, and yeah. It, one thing my friend Scott, um, my friend owns an action sports company, and he said, always ask, are there any things that you see right now that it would be a no and of and and like what can I work yeah. on or like what's preventing you from saying yes yeah and being like really direct and finding out that juice so that even if that person you're in front of declines you have that information that intel now yeah to to finesse your pitch and like yeah and move forward uh, accordingly completely yeah I think yeah. that's so so valuable and um you know Lewis right on earlier on the show I think you know you can you can see that right because I think when you're first starting out like you're taking Anytime you start an entrepreneurial journey, right? And for a lot of people, first time, it's like you're putting your heart on the line, right? You're taking huge risk a lot of times, financial risk, like time risk, all these pieces that you're doing. So it's like, this is like, this is your baby, you know? And you're like, look at my baby. And someone's like, yeah, your baby is not as cute as you think it is. And it's like, ah, damn, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I think like having... That's hard. Oh, (laughs) Right? Yeah. But I think... um, you know, now I'm able to separate myself from that a lot mm-hmm. more. But the only way I was able to do that is by going through some of that fire and realizing, like, it's just not right. You know, right now, this time, this person, it doesn't make right. sense. But that's okay. You yeah, know? totally. Um, and there's and there's probably someone else who would be like a true believer. What's what's one thing that uh, you would ask the community to support you in accelerating Magic Links? Oh my gosh, such an amazing question. Yeah, because um, we have like thousands of people listening and the my the reason why I love yeah. it is like one of those thousand like I got an email. Did I yeah. show you this? No. I got an email like two or three days ago from this girl on the Women in Tech podcast. You guys know I host and produce the Women in Tech podcast in Portugal, who I interviewed. She's like, You won't believe it. I can't believe how much good your show does for people. Ah. Because I was on your show in Port in Lisbon, Portugal. So many people have contacted me, and not just that, an investor in Silicon Valley has reached out because they want to invest. That's and I'm so like, cool. Because of a, a podcast, <laughs> you know, like my podcast. And so 
What's one ask you have of the community? Yeah, you are an influencer. <laughs> People are going to come up and hug you on the oh streets. Gosh. I don't know if I can hand the million billion hugs. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, my ask, we're, Magic Links is an amazing tool for, for influencers. Um, influencers on YouTube, influencers on Instagram, uh, increasingly influencers on Facebook. Um, and most influencers make money either, you know, the number of times their videos viewed on YouTube or through brand sponsorship deals and brand sponsorship deals. A lot of times come with selling out some portion of their authenticity. Like, can you be authentic if you're, if you're saying what a brand tells you to say to your fans? Um, and magic links is a third tier. It's social commerce. You can be totally authentic and you can earn extra money and you get a lot of data that tells you what your fans love. Um, what they're buying, and that helps you shape your content. So my one specific ask to the community would be, if you know an influencer, share Magic Links with them. Um, we have, you know, people love our tools, people love our products. So you'd be, by sharing it, you're actually opening a whole new revenue stream to any influencer who um, is looking for that opportunity. And most people are. And this question came up for me, so I'm sure a lot of other people have it. What's the difference between Magic Links and Amazon Links? Magic Links is basically, so we want you to be able to link to any product sold at any store online. Um, so Amazon allows you to, Amazon links lets you link to anything sold on Amazon. Magic links lets you link to another 1500 retailers. So Sephora, Nordstrom, Ulta, Too Faced Cosmetics, um, all kinds of like neat brands. So as a influencer, if the only thing you do is recommend items on Amazon, um, you know, that's a good service for your fans. Like Amazon, most people have prime, most people like get a good price and fast delivery and all that stuff. Um, but the coolest items are not necessarily sold on Amazon. And you hear a lot of stories about companies or brands that actually choose not to sell their products on Amazon because they lose some of the coolness factor of their brand. Now, Um, can you use Magic Links for every site, period? Or does Magic Links have to have a partnership with the various sites? Yeah, so... um, you can link to a site using Magic Links even if we don't have a partnership, but probably 95% of the usage is through through partnerships that we have. And we it's more than uh, 1,500 retailers, um, and that covers probably 500 million product SKUs. Because, like... I like I order birch box and I get these yeah. cool, you know, little beauty things inside my birch box. And they're usually indie companies like yeah. trying to get the word out about them. And some of them are super rad and they definitely wouldn't be on Amazon because they're an indie yeah. company. And so and I, if I remember correctly, you can't even like buy it like you have to go through a few. So like would I be able if I get a cool eyeshadow that I want to like repurchase, can I use a magic link? Um like if I had a, a beauty mm-hmm. YouTube channel, can yeah. I use a magic link for that eyeshadow? Yeah, most likely. Yeah. yeah. I say most likely. I mean, we're actually – so what's really fun and exciting, right, is um, we see trending beauty items almost like before a lot of – even before like sometimes Sephora or Ulta will see amazing. them. Amazing. Um, because you'll data see – data on that. Yeah. Right? It's amazing <laughs> data, right? So um, like how – Do you wait. Dude, the whole circuit of like beauty vloggers or beauty YouTube channels, you have intel that just nobody can in that way, in that positioning of like, you know what people are buying from YouTube beauty channels. So we had... That's crazy. (laughs) Right? It's amazing. Dude, my brain just exploded. That's amazing. So so do you know Kopari Beauty? No. So they're a new um, kind of coconut and natural based uh, beauty line of products. Um, you know, natural, healthy, 
really good for your skin, all focused on coconut. Yeah. Um, and Kopari Beauty has, um, they they were sold online in, at uh, Sephora, and they just maybe six weeks ago launched in-store at Sephora. Yeah. Um, and so I'm telling the story about Kopari Beauty because what's really cool is we were actually contacted by a private equity firm yeah. that was looking to invest in a bunch of companies in the beauty space. Yeah. And they kept seeing Magic Links as one of the number one sources of traffic to these startup beauty companies. No. Driving users to, that's to there. So we're like, oh my God, that's really cool. Yeah, that's super <laughs> that's cool. Really that's cool. amazing. <laughs> um, so Kupari is one company that I yeah. haven't heard of. What are some, what's an LA tech company or talent you've come across who have really impressed you? Um, so I, um, so a couple of people, um, one, uh, Angel and Sarah at, uh, Nail Snaps. Oh my God. Do you know them? They're club members. They're, they, oh they've my gosh. Been, they've been in across. the club since the pilot program, since the club was new so in June, cool. 2015. They are the best. They're the yeah, best. They're so yeah. cool. Um, and I, I, um, so we've worked with them, uh, since their kind of launch on the consumer side. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool to see, their company evolve and go through. So, um, you know, they're, they're now focused more on kind of a B2B. Yeah. Um, and, and the like thought that, um, you know, let's say you were like the, let's say like for the opening day of the Dodgers game, um, everyone coming into Dodger stadium could have nail snaps, LA Dodgers, um, you know, branded nails totally. that they could put on just for the game yeah. and wear them for a couple of days or throw them out after the game. It's awesome. So you guys have an idea. What Nail Snaps is, it's a female-founded company, two awesome co-founders, and um, you could turn any um, photograph, art, whatever you want, into nails, and they look like real nails. I use mm-hmm. them. I've put my podcast cover art on nails. <laughs> um, I put art in general on nails like I uh, have put my logo on nails like everything yeah. and um, it looks like nail polish and if you go, first of all this is not something I would get done in a salon because it's like something like a hundred bucks it's really expensive and I'm not one of those people but because they make it so easy you literally just go on the iPhone app upload your image design your nails how you want like you could move the image around and then it gets shipped to you in a few days and they're high quality and easy to put on my mom's like oh my god these are great like yeah. da da da. Yeah. So like anybody could do it. It's it's a great LA tech company. We should get yeah. like we are LA tech um, nails for people. Have it as a as a you have it. Amazing. I have it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I ordered I ordered <laughs> so something good. like a hundred of them. Nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I had cool. I had a, an event actually in my house with fifty LA female founders. Um, my house was like. The jam, <laughs> yeah. and we all like kumbaya. It was called Reflections, and it was about reflecting on where you've been, really like paying attention to where you are right now and where you want to go in the future, and collaborating together oh to support gosh. one another. And I had um, a quote unquote manicurist who really just put on nail snaps on all the girls, and the nail <laughs> snaps were the We Are LA Tech logo, so and cool. they got to pick like wow. white and black or black and white or whatever, and yeah. like it was. Just super so great. Cool. Yeah, that's where my that. mom got all into it. I gave her a few. <laughs> yeah. She's like savoring them. <laughs> <laughs> saving them for my mom. I love my mom. Um, so, yeah, nail snaps. So, yeah. you guys, and we'll include it in the show notes so you can check it out. Um, where again can people find Magic Links online? Um, www.magiclinks.org. Um, and, uh, and on Twitter, I think we're use Magic Links. 
Um, and we have a Facebook, uh, or, or sorry, Instagram on Magic Links. And I kind of know the answer to this question because I would imagine the answer to the question I'm going to ask is the entertainment business. But I have to ask it anyway. Why LA and not another tech city? Is it the entertainment business? So, LA, it's more LA's home for me. Um, I love LA. Are you from uh, here? Yeah. So I, I grew up. Um, I actually grew up in Northern California when I was little, um, and then my family moved down here when I was in eighth grade. Um, so I went to um, high school in Pasadena moved all around the country. I lived in 10 states over like 10 years. Um, and then I've been back in LA for the last 10 years. And for me, having moved and traveled so far around the country, that gave me a lot of perspective on why I loved Los Angeles. Yeah. And that was really home. Yeah. Um, and my parents live here and my grandparents lived here. So I, I realized like coming out of business school, I wanted to choose where I live. Right. And then build a career out of where I live. That's awesome. Um, and so LA, yeah, LA's home. And then it turns out, right? It's just sort of like I started out in the search business, and then it, with with Yahoo and like um, all of my connections and sort of like growth in, especially in the kind of internet and and online advertising and e-commerce has been focused on LA. And then as a byproduct of that, because yeah. I'm here, like the entertainment industry and YouTube stars are here, and it's. It's amazing. It's an amazing place. A really, really creative, creative place. And we we talked a little bit about um, LA Tech Resources in the sense that you um, partnered with USC Business School, and they were able to kind of like take Magic Links under their you know project and yeah. work on it. What LA Tech Resource? And first of all, can another company do that? Is that something open that people could? look into and what other LA tech resources have really supported you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we, one of our, uh, one of the, our, um, uh, angel investor groups is the Pasadena angels. Um, and they were great in terms of, you know, their logo is more than the money. Um, right. I've kind of learned that over time that, um, introductions are valuable. Feedback is valuable. Setting up, uh, collaborations like they did with USC was, was very valuable. So that was our introduction to them. I know, uh, the Marshall School Entrepreneurship Program is looking to expand this because it's just been such a, you know, positive experience. I think both for students and companies um, who who are willing to commit and kind of go through that process together. Um, and so I can probably give you after the show. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't have it, I don't have the address right now, but totally. I'm sure. And we'll include um, whatever's public in the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah. and and I'm sure um, they'd love to have more applications. We were, Magic Links was chosen out of I think 50 companies. Um, you guys, were, and there's thousands of us here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there should be thousands, right, to, yeah. that are applying to that, um, and it would just make the whole ecosystem that much richer. Totally. And what's one other resource? Yeah, so another um, community that I found to be really valuable. Obviously, we LA Tech is an amazing community. Um, the metal community. Oh yeah, um, has been really really great. I and, did uh, hear good things about metal. They go on hikes like once a week or once yeah, a month or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And um, Ken Retkowski is their is their founder, and they um, yeah they do hikes, they do all kinds of programming, they do trips, um, and so really you know what I value most about yeah. Um, uh, LA and really forming community is trying to form relationships. Yeah. Um, and I find that much more valuable than for me, at least like stopping into a happy hour or something. A lot of times I don't get a whole lot out of those. Right. Right. Um, but if I can do something around a common passion with someone else, then you can like form a relationship around that. And totally. then that can last for a long time and help just build and 100%. all kinds of abundance can come from that. hundred so, percent. Yeah. It sounds like you just, Defined we are LA Tech. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it's like, it. <laughs> it's like that's why it exists. Cool. Well, Brian, thank you so much for being on the We Are LA Tech podcast. <laughs>
Thanks, Esprit. If you guys want to connect with more extraordinary people like Brian, go to wearelatech.com slash VIP. That's wearelatech.com slash VIP. That takes you to a private chat with about 850 epic people in Los Angeles working in tech. And if you want to see what events are going on in LA, you know to go to the wearelatech.com mobile app on iPhone. We also built it in beta on Android. So just go to wearelatech.com slash app or tweet at us if you want the Android version. And I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Huge shout out and thank you to Betalist. Betalist is amazing. I've used Betalist for my past startups. Betalist gains you early traction to your startup while it's still in beta. Go to betalist.com slash we are LA tech. That's betalist.com slash we are LA tech. Thank you for powering the We Are LA Tech podcast. To get text alerts when new episodes come out, text 310-872-2423. That's 310-872-2423. We Are LA Tech, hosted by Esprit Devora, has been a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.